Today's podcast is also brought to you by Audible.com, the leading provider in spoken word entertainment, including books, magazines, newspapers, and podcasts. Audible has over 35,000 titles to choose from to be downloaded and played back anywhere, just like Pottercast. Log on to Audible.com slash Pottercast to get a free audiobook download when you sign up today. Again, it's Audible.com slash Pottercast for your free audiobook. Welcome, welcome to another... Live from Chicago. What a start to our summer tour. Holy... Well, thank you guys for coming out. This is fantastic. We're so happy. And Lila, thank you. That was the best introduction we've ever gotten. Usually it's like, here are these guys. They're going to do a thing. Sit. (laughs) (laughs) So we appreciate it. And... We just want to say that we are so happy to be meeting so many of you this summer as we head towards the day. The month. <laughs> the day. But first, as always, if you listen to Pottercast for any length of time, you know that we are sponsored by our lovely, lovely friends at Borders, who actually are. Right I can over see there. them from here. The Big Borders tent. Make sure to stop by there. And Borders, Borders is part of the reason we're here. The reason we're everywhere this summer. So. Big claps for Borders. They actually sponsored a, a second Pottercast sort of book discussion thing that you'll be hearing soon, seeing soon. It was videotaped, and they'll be putting it up on their website real soon, so keep an eye out for that. We also wanted to start today with a very special announcement, since you guys are all Chicagoans, or mo- many of you are Chicagoans. How many of you aren't from Chicago? <laughs> wow, Nice. <laughs> Well, we hope that you'll come back because we have been very secretive about where we're going to be for July 20th because some, some, some details have yet to have fallen in place. But we've been invited by Anderson's Bookshop in Naperville and in Downers Grove to come and do a very large podcast huge. and be part of their huge events. And we're very, very pleased to take them up on that offer. And so we hope that we will see you on July 20th. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> about the weekend are forthcoming. There will be several podcasts, there will be events, there will be costume contests, there will, there will be all sorts of mania. But on Saturday, we're doing nothing but reading. Yes. <laughs> I'm telling you now. So anyway, we want to start discussion today about a very special thing that came out yesterday. Yes. What could we possibly be talking about? But How many of you have seen the newest cover? Awesome. We were talking about it this morning and hoping most of you had seen it so we can actually talk about it but I, I didn't get to see it until late last night. I was traveling most of the day yesterday but uh, from what we have um, seen so far we've come to a few semi-conclusions of what we think we're looking at and Melissa was one of the first I think to spot out what particular dragon we're looking at here. I wasn't because I called my friend immediately right afterwards and said, it's Norbert! I know it's Norbert! It's Norbert! <laughs> and and, and they, they got him back and oh my god she... They, they're driving, they're flying on Norbert over the... You know, no, it's not Norbert. It can't be Norbert. He's got blind eyes. And the only dragon that has those sorts of eyes in, in J.K. Rowling's world is the... Wait? Antipodian opal eye. It's got pearly iridescent scales. It is the only dragon that J.K. Rowling has created that is not dangerous, that is friendly to humans. Or, we think. Don't poke it in its eye, though, you know? No. All, um, of, all of that information comes from the fantastic uh, Beats, Beasts and Creatures book. How many of you have that one? Most everybody. Yeah. Good. Very good. 
you, we knew that there was going to be something in there. And there it was. That she threw in there. Say, ah, but you didn't read that book and you would have known. So here we have some information from the Harry Potter lexicon, which is the encyclopedia for Harry Potter information on the net. If you don't know what it is, I'm sure you do. It's hp-lexicon.org. We love the dashes and our little flu network. (laughs) (laughs) The Antipodian opal eye is from Australia, New Zealand, which is really interesting. Or, no, I'm sorry, we don't know that it's from... Yes, we do. It's it's from Australia, New Zealand, which antipodes from some research are antipodes are what UK people call Australia or New Zealanders is what it, te- it says in Wikipedia which you know could be as accurate as it's saying that they all Wikipedia. have left feet <laughs> I don't know but so it seems to make sense that from the UK they would they would call these dragons that thing an antipode is the place you're standing is the place at the diametric opposite of the earth so if you burrowed through the earth and got to the other side from where we are right now that would be the antipode the closest antipode to, New- to England, to Britain, are the Antipodes Islands, is what they call them. It's off the southern coast of New Zealand. The actual antipode to those islands, though, is in France. So, mm, whatever. Still cool. So what do you guys think that they're, that they're going toward? What do you think they're flying into the sunset? Or flying back from, perhaps. You think it's Godric's Hollow down in the... See, a lot of people have been saying that they... they the, the houses in the front don't look like British countryside or British houses where I don't know I'm willing to bet there's some white walled red roofed houses in Britain am I wrong it looks R- like Romania a, yeah Eastern Europe France there seem to be vineyards on the, on the ground if you look closely so what do you think John what do I think well the first thing that really caught my eyes was the shape of uh, Hermione and Ron's in particular's robes while they were riding in there, they were in terrible shape. Um, before I had seen it, and I talked to Melissa, she said, oh, Harry is wearing what looks like part of the same outfit he's wearing on the, on the, the original U.S. cover that came out. And so my thought was, well, gee, he was with Voldemort in our first cover, and you know, he looked like the robes were in okay shape, and now we see him again, and he's with the trio, and they're flying on a dragon, and they look like they have been through, you know... A meat grinder. Yeah. So my first thought was, oh, my God, did they just prove that the trio survives the battle with Voldemort? What do you think? Yes? Do you think this is, this is the very end of the book on the cover? I mean, that would be quite the giveaway. Be quite the giveaway. Also quite the fake out, you know? Yeah. That they all die. At, no... Well, we actually got some information here last year about this. Um, apparently, J.K. Rowling, when she went to Naperville or, or Downers Grove, one of the Anderson stores, she was asked back in 1998, will the trio survive? And she said yes. I don't think she's... Let's hope she hasn't changed her mind. <laughs> yeah. That'd be quite a huge, huge change-up for her. But, uh, I mean, I was never in the group of people that thought the trio couldn't possibly survive this whole thing. And one of the things we talked about last week, we're really jumping around here, but we, the big news of the theme park opening up in Orlando in a couple of years excites so many people. really excites me. But everybody was saying, well, how could they do that if the trio doesn't survive? Who would want to walk around in the magical world of the dead trio? And that would just be a bummer. That wouldn't, nobody would like that. <laughs> the magical world of the dead trio. Come see their tombstones. That would be so sad. Fun. Very sad. So, no. so seeing this again, and um, 
and uh, seeing them um, with a sunset, with that kind of imagery of, you know, the day is closing and the story is closing. They're riding into the sunset. What is not epic about that? They're riding into that's what that's what happened when not after I got over my it's Norbert thing I was like they're yeah. on a dragon they're going and I mean this is how it should be it seems like they fly something they fly something larger in each book sure you have <laughs> <laughs> this is true first it's a broom then yeah. it's a thestral now the biggest thing she can come well, up don't with don't forget Buckbeak of course oh Buckbeak we had, now in the car of course the car it's like she couldn't outdo herself so she had to just huh. And the phoenix and coming the phoenix. out of the chamber, sure. Well, they know more than we do, John. They do. Well, that is your job. It's a shame. Um, there was another quote about this cover that uh, also kind of, I thought, uh, led uh, us to believe that this is a really big, important scene. And it was, uh, was it Arthur Levine or it was somebody involved? Arthur Levine, with who is the editor of the American Editions. He said it was one of his favorite scenes of the book, and he almost insisted and begged for this image to be used for the cover. So if, it's, if it is after they saw Voldemort, and it, you know, it isn't after they defeated him, if it was like, oh, they saw Voldemort and they escaped, and then they're going to come <laughs> back and fight Voldemort again. <laughs> well, no, but if it was his favorite scene, then I really think that it had to have been after this battle. And if they come out alive, then they come out alive and they... Is right on the cover there to show it. I don't think so. I don't. I don't think you it's don't after think the so. battle. I don't think you put the ending of the book on the cover, and I don't think the editor begs for the ending of the book to go on the cover no. either. Well. You know? Oh my God! You're right. Chamber of Secrets. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Well, it's totally the end of the book, guys. It's the total. It's the end of the book. Yep. I don't know what John is talking about over here, no. but it's the end of the book. Well, I don't think it's the biggest deal in the world to show that the trio is alive on the book because I can't imagine many... I mean, of course, there are countless people who think that some of them are going to die, but I think... how many Did any of you think that the trio wasn't going to survive this book? Probably a good number of you. But I think the, the majority we have on, on Leaky, the ultimate final Deathly Hallows exam, the whole series wrap-up, how many of you have taken part of that yet? If you haven't taken part of that yet, that is going to be the place for every single Harry Potter fan to prove to the world that they knew what was going to happen in number seven. Because what we're doing is we're going to lock your answers in at a certain point in time. We're asking probably 500, 600 questions about everything about these books. You lock in your answers. We're going to grade this test after the book comes out, and we will find out who got it most most correct, and that person's going to win one heck of a prize. And, um, and they get to be arrogant forever. Exactly. That'll be the biggest thing. They will be the <laughs> smartest Harry Potter fan to come out of this whole thing. But now uh, uh, we, we have, from, from the stats that we've collected so far, the vast majority of the people think that Harry is going to survive this book, which is over like 65%. Come on. Which sounds like a, a mandate to me, so I hope... Uh, a mandate? <laughs> I hope Joe isn't going to go against the fans' wishes here, but... Uh, Joe Bush? Yeah. <laughs> no. Sorry. Didn't say that. Anyway, yeah, that's going to be a great ton of fun. But what we're doing while we're out on tour is we wanted, we're going to about 20 cities, right? And we want to discover which city has the bragging rights as well. So we're going to ask the same five questions of every city, predictions questions... And whoever gets the most questions right will be deemed the best Potter city in the world. So, 
And it looks like uh, Chicago has two chances now, don't they? Chicago does have two chances. You get to see how the other cities are doing and gear up and be ready for when we ask them on July 20th. Actually, then we're doing one anyway. Um, our first question, of course, and just shout it out, and we'll see which, which answer wins. Harry, live or die? Live! All right, let's do the lives first. Give me. Three, two, one, live. Live! Three, two, one, die. Die! All right, Weak. so it's a, it's a pretty resounding Weak. live there. <laughs> Snape, good or evil? Good! That was stronger than Harry living. He what? I'm sorry? We trusted Dumbledore more than Harry. We trusted Dumbledore more than Harry. It's a a fair point. And you know, interesting thing happening here. We sat down to pick which questions would be the big five questions today and got to number two. Yes. So we we need your help. No, we didn't at all. Sad. So we we need your help. Give us a big question that you, you would like to be part of this set of five. Oh, the Harry's a Horcrux is a pretty okay. popular one. Return to Hogwarts Return was to the Hogwarts. one I said that this morning. I didn't write it down, and neither did oh, you. Oh, sad. Okay, well, well, is Harry a Horcrux? Everybody who thinks he is, say yes. Three, two, one, yes. Yes! Is Three, he not a Horcrux? No! Yeah, Chicago. So far, I Chicago has agreed with all of my opinions so far. I think that... <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> I think all the cities might... we got to switch this up because I think a lot of the cities will have the exact same answer and we're not going to be able to choose a winner. Well, no, I think it's a, uh, the question of will Harry return to Hogwarts for school, for the for school, school year, is one people are pretty split on. How many think he will return for school? Yeah. How many don't think he'll return for school? Wow. wow. Okay. okay. Hogwarts, uh, Ron and Hermione do seem to be wearing school robes on the, on the deluxe edition cover. Am I right? They, they're dark black, and they're different than the robes that are on the British edition. Yeah. But it's Harry. Oh, right. Ron and Hermione might go. They're not going to leave him. Is Hermione going to miss her newts? Come on. <laughs> she didn't come that far and bug everybody about studying. If Ron finally bucks it newts. up and does something, she might miss her newts. What, for their wedding? To have a date. Mm. To finally, after seven years, get some guts about that. Uh, I, I don't even think we have to bother asking, will Deathly Hollows end before we see some sort of relationship happen with Ron and Hermione, do we? No. No. That's going to happen. <laughs> okay, is Harry a Horcrux? Three, two, one. No! All right. Harry is not a Horcrux at Chicago. Really we have one more. One more question. Shout it out. Draco? Draco. How many people think that Draco is an Animagus dragon on the new deluxe cover edition? You have no idea how many emails of that we've already seen. Seriously. It's got to be Draco. It's that Draco. makes so much sense. It has to be him. Because he learned how to be the biggest Animagus in history, so it's <laughs> probably Draco. And he's got a beard. The dragon has a beard. So it's an old Draco Animagus. Yes. No. He's wise. Now how so, many... You know, I've been saying for weeks, Draco will be dead by chapter three, but that's just me. How many of you think Draco will die in this book? Three, two, one, die? Three, two, one, live? Live! Oh, that's an even split. Yeesh. 
Yikes. How do we how do we get a tiebreaker on that one? Um, he, he, uh, Draco will die fighting for Harry's cause. Yes. Dead fighting silence. against Harry. Neither. Fighting, dying, very unmeaningfully. Fleeing. <laughs> Who's a big chicken? Draco's a... Will Voldemort kill Draco? Personally? No. He'll send somebody to do it. You know, we'll find him in a ditch somewhere, covered in petrol on fire. That's why I think he'll be dead by number three. Bellatrix? Oh, Mm. I got the last question. Then I got the last question, because the Draco one was a split, and I think that's what we're going to get everywhere. He's so cute. We have to ask now. Who is R.A.B.? Everybody at once. You know, isn't that funny? I was just talking to somebody about that. That was supposed to be like one of the biggest Big mysteries question. Joe set up at the end of the book. It's like, oh, it's this mysterious R.A.B. And like after a week, everybody's, oh, it's Regulus Black. <laughs> no one talks about it anymore. But well, well, somebody keeps, people keep saying that like maybe it was all a big fake out and it'll end up being Amelia Bones and we didn't know her first name was like, you know, Rwanda or something. Yeah. That would have been crazy cool. Crazy I love cool. Amelia Bones. But Regulus Black, just in case there are a few people out here who aren't as crazy nutty about reading into everything as we are, was the brother of Sirius Black that we all are led to believe has, has died. But I'm thinking if it is Regulus Black, then Regulus Black is probably alive and probably off rogue somewhere. Hey, I'm in New York again. I hope they're okay. That's going to confuse a lot of the audience at home. <laughs> if, if we are in agreement that Regulus Black is R.A.B., do we think he's alive or dead? Okay, Regulus Black, alive. Regulus Black, dead? Dead! I the, think the dead, dead, too. people are pretty allowed. Because of cr- he's Crookshanks? Whoa. Oh, he's Creature. That would be crazy. Because Creature would be his. Gotcha. Oh, very, very He's not Creature, though, right? Okay, I'm just making sure. (laughs) Maybe she doesn't know. That's a very good point, and now I'm disappointed because I kept envisioning a a big training session with R.A.B. and Harry, and R.A.B. showing Harry how to destroy Horcrux. (laughs) And leave a a friendly note for Lord Voldemort. Yes. That he never gets. He would give him his stationery. Who, if not R.I.B., if, and if not Dumbledore and Half-Blood Prince, is going to show Harry what to do with these horcruxes when he finds them? Wait, wait. We have Wormtail and we have Aberforth. The portrait probably would be a good choice because if, if, if we think that, that you know, this d- the attempt of destroying the horcrux that took Dumbledore's hand was slowly taking his life. Wouldn't that be a detail that Dumbledore probably should have... Oh, Harry, by the way, when I went to destroy the Horcrux, it almost killed me. Don't do this spell. (laughs) No! He doesn't say anything like that. But Harry... Harry Harry already has destroyed a Horcrux without even thinking about it. He just picked up that fang. It was like it it made sense to him, and he did it. And when when he does that, when he just doesn't think about it, he is just as... So when he's reckless and irresponsible... Yes. He's not going to get killed. Yes. Well... Well, he's been reckless and irresponsible for most of the books. 
And only in book five, they're like, hey, Harry, you shouldn't be reckless and irresponsible. And he's like, well, you're all alive because of that. Would, would Dumbledore and all of his wisdom just leave it up to Harry's recklessness and irresponsibility? Yep. He did. He seems to have. It, yeah, and it's instinct. That's a better sure. word for it. Instinct and intuition rather than I, him being I, really stupid. Yeah. Well, I think that the Horcruxes probably are all protected under different degrees of difficulty. And maybe the diary was one of the easier ones. So if you think about it, a basilisk fang isn't something one easily comes across. So <laughs> to just, oh, he just got a... What, there more, were what? There were four, four more, more... Four more teeth? Four more teeth. Basilisk fangs. And couldn't he just, just re... Here's my question. Who was feeding the basilisk? How did this basilisk grow? Full of rat bones. So he was eating all the rats? Ew. Ew. Wormtail. Okay, we still need our last question. Our big yeah. last, ba- last predictions question. So who's going to give it to us? The, see, I like that one. Will Neville kill Bellatrix? Is Neville uh, Neville a murder? I don't know. Not murder. Kill. Not murder. That How about this? True. Will Neville and Bellatrix face off? Yes! Will Arthur Weasley and Lucius Malfoy face off? Yes! I like this question game. This is fun. I know. <laughs> but be, well, oh, come Harry. on, Harry and Ginny's not a question. It's going to be like this little double marriage thing happening. <laughs> All at the borough, everybody. No. No. serious Black. If Sue oh, was here, serious. Sue would have oh, Sue. something to say about serious yeah, coming back. Sue, had, th- there was a death in the family, and we, we send our, our love and hugs and condolences to her. So let's all give a nice hearty, we miss you, Sue. Ready? One, two, three. Oh, that's the sound of her squeeing from from New Orleans, which is where she is right now. Hufflepuff does indeed (laughs) rule. We even have John wearing Hufflepuff colors today. No one told me. No, this is this could be Gryffindor colors. Sure, keep saying that. Hey. Then again, I'm in Slytherin. You're the one in your Slytherin green. Hey, I like it. Leave me alone. So now we want to hear from you. Now is the special time where we get your questions and theories, and we talk about which often leads to some of the best discussion, anyway. Yeah. What about Aberforth? Wait, this... We th- need to encourage hand-raising, I think. Hey, this girl with the red in the back. She's so cute. It's a good question. How did Harry get the scar of Vada Kedavra doesn't leave a mark? Harry was born with that scar. Oh, John. It's a birthmark, no. Well... It only doesn't leave a scar when it That's works. That's true. We have no history of when this hasn't worked before. So you know, it's is true. it is it the scar? Is it the curse not working, or is it the mark of the protection that was on Harry? Yeah. Dumbledore didn't want to remove it. Dumbledore yeah. said it, it was the protection, or did it, was it the protection? Well, Hagrid said that it's what you get when it's something dark and evil like that touches you. I don't know how trustworthy Hagrid's advice is, but. We know Sue doesn't think so, because he calls... Oh, no, he says that Hufflepuffs aren't a bunch of duffers. Yeah, Sue's not a big Hagrid fan. <laughs> but, uh, no, Dumbledore said about the scar, he's, you know, 
he wouldn't remove it even if he could. You know, that's Dumbledore suspecting that. That has some kind of uh, importance to Harry, so that would kind of uh, lend credibility to the fact that it's a mark of his protection. But the question is, it's still on him, even though Voldemort has overcome the protection. So maybe there's more to this than we realize. I personally am more interested in the scar that's in the shape of the London Underground on, on Dumbledore's knee. Oh. <laughs> well, maybe, How maybe that, that happened. Be- she never, she never did get to that, but maybe she'll get to that in the hopefully soon-to-be-published encyclopedia yeah. by J.K. Rowling. Oh. Everybody is crossing their fingers for that. Going. Lord knows we are, because that'd be so much fun to talk about. Um, John, you pick somebody. Uh, right here is a Hufflepuff. It pains me, but <laughs> go ahead. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay, so let's repeat that for the listening audience at home. That you think that Ginny and Harry are going to get married because it would be similar to the Lily and James wedding picture, they right? They both physically resemble each other. Those, those two characters a lot. You know, I don't care what reason. I don't care if it's because they have the same wedding picture. I don't care if it's because their three times removed aunt. Mildred looks like their cousin Judy. They are going to get married. Yeah. <laughs> Not in this book. Uh, maybe I don't think in the book. I think he's a little too young. Maybe in the epilogue. Maybe in the epilogue we'll hear about little Harry's yeah. running around. You see a lot of... Right. Luna. So, th- this this young woman said that that it, it, that makes a lot of sense because there's a lot of echoes. There's Harry yeah. and Ginny who look like Lily and James. There's Ron and Hermione who are very much like like Molly and Arthur in sure. a lot of ways. Um, there's a, there's a lot of different echo, echoes of the Marauders going on with the little group. What do you think, John? Well, that's a huge theme in these books: is echoes, not only echoes but parallels too. And when and there's been so much to build up, you know. Harry's similarities with Tom Riddle, Harry's and Snape's similarities, and how it's the choices that you make throughout your life that determines who you're going to be. And you know, the, the, to use an echo and to use these the, these parallels, I think is something that Joe is real keen on doing. So, I, I don't think it's an accident that Harry is going to be falling for a redhead, just like his dad did before him. So, I think that's a, that's a, that's a nice thing to point out there. Yeah, Ginger. Do we think Harry will go into the veil? Into the veil. Okay. What do you guys think? What do we know about this? We know that she was posed the question, will he return to the Department of Mysteries? Was, was Joe No, right? she said, he's, um, we asked what was in that love room. We asked, will, will he go to the love room? And she said, not telling. Or will we, will we go back to the veil? she asked about the veil, though? Yeah, I think so. Did I ask her about the veil? And I don't remember. Yes, I did. Thank you for knowing what I don't. Well, Thank you. To, to, mean, to, to wonder if he's going to go through the veil is to wonder what the veil does to you. And if she has made a point to say that the veil, that Sirius is dead and he's not coming back, then... This is our fifth question. This, we got it. We got it now, guys. Will we go behind the veil? Let's see. Will no? we go behind the veil and ever come back? You know? All right, let's, let's, let's do the question. Ready? Will we go behind the veil? If if yes. yes. If no. no. 
Uh, we will have to measure the decibels on the recording. We will. We will. We have editors for that. Yes. But, but no, like, like I was saying, if Sirius is dead and he's not coming back, then it was the veil that did that to him. How can he go behind this veil without some way to you know, come back from it? You, have, you can tie a, something about a tree like in The Princess Bride in the snow sand. You just, oh, yeah, it's a, just pull back. Uh, this guy is jumping over here. I'm so sorry. It's a complex theory. You're going to need a microphone. Okay. Ooh. If you have a horcrux, you can go through the veil and come back because what? Part of your soul is anchored. And maybe I just, I just, I keep wondering what the opposite of a horcrux is, and now I have to wonder if it's a hollow and if that's what Harry is wearing around his neck in the addition because Voldemort can go behind the veil because he has that, that's a very good maybe Voldemort could go behind the veil because he has a horcrux but Harry has to do something that's equivalent to the opposite reaction to take him away similar to the way and I keep saying this that's what his mother gave him what's Lily doing with one of those yeah but that was a sacrifice it's a little different right so with the horcrux right We'd be giving up, right? But yeah. that's the but the uh, that's the opposing. And that's why Dumbledore wouldn't remove the scar. There's something that still. You think his scar is the thing? Well, this idea of separating his soul and body is really like like this this man says is is interesting because I say this all the time. But if you have you read the His Dark Materials yes, trilogy, yes, yes. I'm not going to ruin it for people. But there's a similar theme in the third book there's a, not a theme there's a similar thing that happens in the third book where to enter the, the world of the dead which is very common in heroic literature you have to leave some part of yourself behind or you have to separate yourself somehow mm. um, so uh, can it, who wants to volunteer to help us out with this anybody in the front row because I'm going to call up a few people at once so they can hold on to the mic and actually do the questions here thank you very much up and going what's your name Robin thank you Robin the lovely Robin so we're going to call up the next uh, two or three people here. Who we has have ten question? minutes, so let's make them good. All right, just just take take the mic and just say what your what, who you are, I'm where Chelsea. you're from, and what your question is. Um, well, it's not really a question; it's more of a theory. But I think that Voldemort gave himself a weakness when he took Harry's blood because Harry has his mother's love, which is his protection. But Voldemort can't stand love, so. It's in Voldemort now. You're saying, yeah. she's so saying that the blood weakness. that Harry took, that Voldemort took from Harry, is now in him, and that's going to help lead to his downfall. Mr. Blood, Mr. Yeah. Blood makes a return. Oh, we need I a Mr. Blood. Mr. Blood. I, we need him as like our mascot to come and roll down aisles and stuff and pick it, people out. It's too hot in the Southwest, though. Yeah. Sad. Thank you. Very nice. Go ahead. Um, uh, everybody says that Harry's eyes are of very big importance. Maybe that's what his mother gave him. Part of his mother's soul, like went in, and maybe Lily had like a special power that involves her eyes that Har- that was transferred to Harry that Harry doesn't know about. Kind of like um, the talking to snakes. Thing. Right. Okay, so okay. we're talking about Harry's eyes. Now, this was a hmm. we got to talk about this. We've for talked a about at length uh, uh, numerous times. Um, uh, one thing, my, my question to all the mothers out there, if my, my thought was is that when babies are born, aren't their eyes usually blue and then they kind of develop a color? Hmm. But at, after at, a year. At, at one year old, does, do, do they yeah. have the color? At a year old, you have the color, What I'm right? trying to figure out is if his eyes didn't turn green until 
Six weeks? All right. So I, I thought maybe he would have got the green eyes after the sacrifice, but... It, it, what's that? What? It can change color up to two years. So I guess it's plausible. Well, the other question about Lily's eyes is whether there's some sort of power associated to them, like our friend says, or it's that they remind him of to Snape. Snape is hates Harry so much because they remind him of Lily, mm. which is too much like the Secret Garden to me. The show, the Secret Garden. What for Snape? We're gonna, really gonna break into like song about Lily's eyes. It's. It's just too... I mean, I, I can't think that maybe... It's entirely possible that J.K. Rowling has never heard that show. But that's a very similar plot line to be so central. Well, for all the times people have said, oh, you have, you have your mother's eyes, for there to be introduced this idea of, like, eye magic or something... Eye magic. It's like, it's, it just comes back to, why aren't these things mentioned to Harry before his seventh year? It's like... Why, you know, we already know he's a very, uh, the most inquisitive person ever grace Hogwarts halls. <laughs> but, um, he hasn't even asked what his parents did for a living. I know, yeah. we're all dying to find out. <laughs> but, you know, you'd think, it's like, oh, you have your mom's eyes. That'll help you with that one spell that you'll learn in your seventh year. <laughs> no. So, who knows what that's going to end up meaning. I don't okay. know. Um, do you think that Remus and Tonks are going to survive the last book? Ooh. Ooh. Will Remus and Tonks survive and have multicolored babies? Remus, poor Remus, one of the most tragic characters in the series. Will he be the single surviving marauder? Well, um, okay, surely, surely, surely Wormtail will not survive this. Wormtail has her- done too much wrong to too many people. But Remus, will he live happily ever after with the Tonks? We got a collective hiss from the audience. Okay, Remus, live or die? See, that was total mixed. Remus, live? Remus, die? See, weak. Everybody thinks he's going to... I think he's going to live. Leaning towards the live. Though Tonks is going to trip and fall into the abyss of doom or something. She's so klutzy. She's klutzier than I am, which is saying something. sad. Uh, no, yeah, I, I think they'll both survive. I think it gets to the point where how many people are we going to kill here? You know, these are uh, Tonks is our big comic relief happy character here. So even though she was pretty bummed out in Half Blood Prince, we want to see her overcome that. Otherwise, it's going to be like we show a happy Tonks, we show a depressed Tonks, and then a dead Tonks. It's like, <laughs> why do we? What? Why do we have Tonks to begin with? Then, you know, what a bummer. So, I think happy Tonks, depressed Tonks, and dead Tonks. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. But, It's true. Good projection, sir. Yes. Good. Very nice. He's, uh, how, how many, many people, people are going to get married? Especially at, at such a young Everybody will get married. It will be a big, giant well, Greek no, Italian. You know, th- this would be kind of silly, but if, if you know, the power that Voldemort knows not it's has marriage. to do with, with love. And babies. And they decide, hey, maybe if, like, all of us got married, we'd all be more <laughs> powerful. Then you could have a whole, you know, a whole junk ton of marriages, but... I think you're going to see a lot of relationships develop well, and uh, I, a lot I, of people be strengthened by that relationship. I think that ending on a, on a big giant wedding that is the, the kiss of death to Voldemort is a good way to say goodbye here today. <laughs> yes. Um, everybody holding hands and everybody singing Everybody holding songs hands and skipping. And like at the end of the 40-year-old version. When they do yes. this. <laughs> when they do hair and they have the age of Aquarius. No. They trick well, Voldemort touching a porky. What? What if Neville, Neville killed Voldemort? Then we're going to rename the books Neville Longbottom and the whatever, and whatever. The Deathly Hallows. 
Uh, That's a question that? for John. What was that? Dalish will be the one to train Harry in the arts of destroying <laughs> the Horcrux. He will save the day and step in where Dumbledore failed in his training. We're sorry if you're new to the world of John's obsession with the character of Dalish. Yes. It's pretty intense. <laughs> well, guys, I think that's just about as much time as we have here today. We hope we see you again on July 20th. Thank you to our staff yes. over here who have been amazing. Thank you to the Chicago Princess Row Book Fair. And thank you for your awesome theories. Thanks, everybody. We've missed it. I confess myself disappointed. Now, if you don't mind, I'm going to bed. Great, Scott. No wonder. Look at the time we've been here nearly four hours. Spooky how the time flies when one's having fun. On June the 16th, 2007, the Pottercast trio will be taking part in the first ever unofficial Harry Potter Disneyland Day. Join us and your fellow fans for an exciting day and meet-up at the happiest place on Earth. Bring your friends, meet new ones, have an insane amount of fun, and let the magic of Disneyland and Harry Potter collide. Don't forget, that's Saturday, June the 16th, 2007. Check the show notes at pottercast.com for a link with more information.